Hey, everybody, this is Joseph Williams, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself, so I can't afford to be. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today in the Zoom room, you know these guys best as members of Toto. We've got returning guest Steve Lukather. He's a founding member, lead guitarist, and singer for Toto. And then the next guy, Joseph Williams, he's the current and longtime singer for Toto. These guys are here today because they have brand new solo albums coming out in a couple weeks. Very unique release, and we're going to talk about it in a minute. And please welcome Joseph Williams and Steve Lukather. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey, hey. Great. Good to see you. So you guys, uh, you guys just mentioned that you guys are actually in the Zoom room together because you guys have a very small pod of people that you guys are staying in, uh, in touch with physically and uh, mentally. We're working quite a bit together, and we have been, you know, on this project, and also preparing for what's to come for Totos. That, and also, I'm I'm so close that we we have a, a regular test we do every single week. Yeah, Excellent. we do our test together. As, as Luke says, he's got a he's got an autistic kid. He's got young kids, basically. Yeah. And also, my my daughter who just had a baby. Her rule is that if you even want to come over and see him, you have to be make you know you have to have a negative test. So. Right. And I I wanted yeah, to. LA is not in good shape right now la is not and that's where i'm at i mean i live in woodland hills so i'm right there with you yeah it's not good right now joe congratulations you're a grandfather now yeah joe and is is this this is this is the first grandchild this is my first grandchild yes does this make this makes your dad john williams a great grandfather it does uh he's always been a great father and (laughs) great grandfather so now he's a A great 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 grandfather that's it. It's amazing. <laughs> he must be amazed yeah. by this. Yeah, he thinks it's just great. No. It's just great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what did he say? Eighty-eight years old. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he's 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 thrilled. Cool. That's excellent. So, congratulations on that. Also, Steve Lukather, congratulations because your son Trev has a new band out, and you got to be Lamara, Yeah. And you got to be tickled that he's followed in his dad's footsteps, or I'm maybe not. Good. No, I'm very tickled. I mean, he's a go-getter. He's yeah. a, he's producing another artist right now as we speak. He's I mean, he's all in. He's all he's the only one of my kids so far out of four that has followed the path. Yeah, you know? but he's he got the he, wanted it. He always wanted it, man, and he worked really hard. And he's he worked really hard the last twenty years to get yeah. it. Lavara's a great band. Check them out. Lavara, check them out. Lavara, check it out. They they and they had Steve Perry on one of their new singles. Yeah, they, they, you know, Steve. Yeah, I can see you know, Steve looks down my backyard. Now, did you did he call? Did you have to call in a favor, or did Trev work that Steve Perry happening? I don't have a relationship with Steve Perry actually. So I talk mean, to friends. I mean, hi Steve. Yeah, how are you? Great, one of the greatest singers of all time. Yeah, but I don't relate. Trevor and him are friends. Oh, cool. I mean, I, it's outside of me. It is, it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I was just curious, but that's cool. And I have to, I, for the people listening, you are wearing a Ringo Starr t-shirt and Ringo Starr plays into these albums uh, a little bit. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, he's, 
I mean, he's Luke's other band. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You're one of the all-stars, oh, Luke. Uh, I'm an, I am an all-star. Yes. I'm honored to say that I am. I think I think I heard you. You're a friend of mine. I, I, I can't believe I can say that in seriousness and without going kidding. Yeah, I think you're a friend of mine. I think I read a quote from you once that you said Ringo Starr's your newest best friend. Last best friend. Last no, best he, friend. He wrote, he wrote to me, "You're my last best friend." Oh, that's nice. And, I, and I've cherished it, and it's a thing we have a little joke thing, and he, you know. So here's a question. I, 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 growing, I mean, you know, the Beatles, the reason why I play music and to, and to be close friends with one of the guys that sparked my whole life. It's, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. it it's, it's surreal. It was the easiest throwaway word I got. And this is, this is for Joe right. too. How do you guys, do you ever, do you ever not walk into the room and see Ringo? I know he's your friend, but in your head, not think that's a beetle. Well, I, I'm, I know you do. I know Luke does, but they, they've been so close yeah. you know, no, for, for, for the last, you know, almost 10 years that, you know, it's, it's, it's like a friendship. I mean, I was, I was asked and, and, you know, to go up and with Luke and he took me up to his house. Yeah. When we worked little, on, we wrote a song for his, Ringo's new album to do anyway, to do a little work. And I walked in like, right. Of course. But he's, you know, he's gotten real close to him, and 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 Ringo doesn't disappoint. He's just hysterical. It's it's like it's like being in the room between takes on Hard Day's Night. He's exactly the same guy. He's the same man. I mean, he's eighty years old, and I mean, I I, I feel like a kid around him. That's great. I mean, like I mean, he's because he brings that. I mean, he he lives. He's the real thing, man. That's There's great to hear. Think about Ringo Starr. Yeah. He's the real thing the I, real man i love it i love the man i mean yes he's the beatles yes the beatles are the greatest band ever of all time sorry i'm gonna say it out loud that's okay everyone knows it everyone knows it uh, all right these two albums they're like um how do you describe these the 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 album covers are their companion albums the album covers are the same except joe's pictures on one steve you're on the other um, we, we both had the same idea for the cover. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be true. And then the woman, they're like mug shots. So, yeah. no, um, we kind of did it on purpose. No, we did it on purpose. I mean, the, you know, when we set out to make out these albums, we finished working in 2019 touring, and Luke had already planned to go in the studio and make his solo album completely independent of mine and on his own, and on that in that period of time. And I was doing the same, finishing up what I had started. Yeah. in a couple of years previous you know in 2020 and 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 then when we started talking about what the future would look like as, for Toto as a touring entity mm. we started listening to our both of our projects and then Luke introduced me to Mascot Label Group which, who was distributing these albums and then and then the whole concept of putting them together just sort of made sense and and if we do once we get back on tour as Toto it gives us some new material to bring to the table it really puts a new spice in the rack you know we had the fresh you know we knew it was going to end we knew it was ending in 2019 that was it you knew toto as we we didn't know what was going to happen after that we all kind of went our separate ways joe and i knew we were going to work together because we're road dogs right so you the other guys some guys just either couldn't do it medically Mm -hmm. david david can't medically tour anymore he just can't do it 
<clears throat> nor should and he doesn't have to. So she's like, you know, guys, go play, play the music. Right. And, and the other guys still wanted to work. Some of the guys left the planet, you yeah. know. I mean, sadly, and I cry every day, but and that's not a joke. It's not a joke. Yeah. Um, it's the rest of it is just like you know. There's been the, the music is total. So we're right. just keeping the music alive for the new. There's been 15 incarnations. This is a new incarnation. We didn't plan it this way. It just sort of happened organically. Joe's record, my record. Why don't we play together, do total songs and expand, get some other guys because we have to pay percentages of the name to people and all this stuff. We had to reconfigure the whole situation. And we've had a year to sit around and think about it. And that's what we've been doing. And we, just, we put together a new band and uh, see if, if we could do it in 10 days. And we did. And uh, it, so to see if we could do it, to see if we shake it up. I and mean, yeah. we're sitting up here and I mean, the whole world's been, you know, <clears throat> locked down for a year. Right. Going, what the hell's going on? You know, so we have a lot of time to think. And being that Joe and I are bros. Anyway, yeah, and the two albums, in any case, are just our companion pieces. They're completely different than each other. Totally. Now, but if, if when you put them together, just the difference makes them kind of interesting to have both of them. And and since you know he's on mine and I'm singing on his and everything, that there's there's some continuity there, and it gives us some material to bring on tour as new yeah. new material. I mean, we're both solo artists as well. He's got ten solo albums. I got ten solo albums. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we our fans. We can add some new spice to the set. Well, that was my question. I was going to ask if hit, he... play the hits, play the deep cuts, jam, play some new new music from Joe and me. Toto making new music. I mean, what is Toto? I mean, what is David Page is still here? I mean, he, he still wants to. He can't tour, but he might want to write something. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. Sure, I, I I always I always thought that Toto, the band Toto, was always in flux, always ever changing. There's always. Like you said, people in and out. Except for me, yeah. Yeah, and I and I believe, and no no disrespect to to Joseph, but I feel like if Steve Th Lukather wasn't on stage with Toto, then for me, it, it's not Toto. We need and, and we I, need you. And by the way, I feel exactly the same yes, way. Yes, I know the way the way I look at it. Well, a lot of people think David Page on stage. I mean, everybody has their favorites. I mean, Jeff Picard. You could say arguably, absolutely, say, absolutely. But we yeah, need we, we need I, one I, of you. We need I, one of the originals. I, I, but you are correct because Luke is the one guy that's been there from the very beginning and is still there. And he's the through line through the whole thing. Exactly. Perfect way to put it, Joseph. People recognize him. People know his, his personality. He's, he is the front man of the band. The, the lead singer spot has always been like a, a sort of a, 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 a supportive kind of thing. Always. Yeah. Because the, listen to the records. First of all, everybody's singing and doing lead vocals. Absolutely. From, from the very beginning. And also the way the albums are produced it it takes it's a kind of a herculean task to pull that shit off live yeah so you know so so it's not oh, you know so so if you're really like looking at the one guy who would be the front man you're absolutely correct it's it's him yeah and and my being with him now and and, and for the last 10 years and continuing to do stuff in the future just i think it brings a little bit of continuity to it because absolutely know my voice and and you know it's not like we're starting again with a whole new singer you know what I mean? Absolutely. I agree. And, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm so glad that you guys are going to continue taking Toto music out there and incorporating these new albums into it, because these albums are really great. Steve, you have eight songs on your album. Joe, you have 12 songs on your album. 
I found something very unique about these two albums. And I don't know if you guys did this on purpose or if this is a fluke thing. Both of these albums are 50 minutes and 18 seconds long. <laughs> is that no weird? shit. I'm not... I'm not even bullshitting you. And when Are I saw this, me? I'm not. And I thought that is fantastic. I, That's funny. That's fantastic. <laughs> really the movie could never have planned that. I was like, How is this? Plan something like I, I don't know. I thought, is this, are these guys Are doing some? I'm totally I, hand to God. I swear deep. to God. That's deep. That's it blew me away. It blew me away. I, I, I'm a little for clams right now. I, gotta, <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I had, I have all the songs in my iTunes. I highlighted yours. Luke and and 50 minutes and 18 seconds. I highlighted Joe's 50 minutes and 18 seconds. And I was like, this that is some type of well, yeah. you, make, sure, make sure you're smacked and crash or something. No, no it's, it's so for me, that brings these albums if even more. Pool man, wait a second. If your pool man gives you an enema, something's wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to let that happen. Um, <laughs> let me ask you. So the, the two album covers for me, I haven't seen anything like that since this. Are you expecting litigation from Gene Simmons? <laughs> no, okay. I, I think not. I think if the, only, if the only litigation would be whoever invented the wanted poster. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably closer to it. True. I love Gene Simmons. No, I know. I know. Yeah, me too. Actually, the one, the one I thought it was brilliant. I remember when they that when the Kiss guys did those. Yeah, the solo albums. Yeah, I played. I played on Peter Chris's solo. Yes, you do. And uh, and uh, you know, and Gene Gene and Paul, they've all been very, really nice people. So without, I I produced Cher and cut one of Gene's songs, and he really dug what I did, and we became friendly. Cool. Uh, He's a really nice man. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, disparaging Gene. I'm a Kiss fan. But yeah. uh, that when I saw your two album covers, the first thing I thought of was way back to '78, the the Kiss album covers, because uh, yeah. that kind of a thing. It, was, it wasn't intentional, but it might as well be an homage. To the Why not? Gene and those guys, because we're yeah. fa- we're fans. You know, I mean, no, I mean, no, we never thought of that. No, Joe I know. and I, it was kind of a wink, wink, and Joe and I did that yeah, to ourselves, just, yeah. like, it was put, uh, and that's when the whole thing. We'll put them together. Make a companion piece, then we started to riff on that, and then we it became a thing. You know, we put it all together. And I love it. You, these are going to be available uh, on CD, on vinyl. There's even a four disc vinyl set where you get both albums all together. So oh, high fine stuff. Yeah, pretty cool. So you guys both did some cover songs on your albums. Joe, you did um, "Don't Give Up" by Peter Gabriel. And you have a, a, a special uh, co-lead vocalist. You want to tell us about this? Yeah, no, the, uh, don't give up. Obviously, one of my favorite songs, and the and the and I love that video with Kate Bush and that performance and everything. So, uh, once I got to the point where it was clear with the track that I might as well finish this thing and it might sound good, that I thought, who could possibly could I have to sing that part? That's you know critical to the song. And it occurred to me that that the lyric could also work as a father daughter conversation. Absolutely. So, and my and my daughter is is as easy a vocalist to work with in the studio. She's a pro's pro. We didn't have to tune any of her stuff. She's got this great angelic quality to her voice, and I just thought it worked well. In this proud land, we grew up strong. We were wanted all along. 
did and uh that song has always made me cry so as soon as i saw that you were singing it with your daughter because i'm a father and i have i have a daughter i was just like oh no this is going to kill me and it did so congratulations and stepping into kate bush's shoes is not easy and your daughter's name tell everyone your daughter's name my daughter's name is hannah hannah ruick is her is is her middle name she uses kind of as a last name but she just had a baby um, uh, my, she's the mother of my, my brand new grandson. It's been a very exciting time for, for Hannah too, who, who studies psychology. She's like, she, she, you know, she's, she's the smart one in the family. She looks around at the, at the business and everything and goes, you know, you guys, you guys need someone to talk to, not someone to sing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you need people like me. Exactly. So <laughs> my daughter is a, is really a remarkable woman. She really, really is. And, and uh, it was a it was a joy and a and a gift to be able to have her on the project. Now, how do you, as a dad, when you're singing there with your daughter, how are you not uh, uh, breaking down crying? Um, well, because we, you know, I've worked with her so long in the studio. She's a professional. So okay. When we're, when we're doing the work, it's just as like I'm working with Luke in the studio. She's doing some takes, and you know, it's like we're doing a professional professional recording. After I, now, after I had it all on tape, and I was listening back to it, and and working on everything, believe me, I was bawling. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, you 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 achieved what you set out to do. Then it's it's fantastic. Now, Luke, your music is supposed to music is supposed to touch the soul, man. You know, that's people forget it. They, they think of music as like background noise for multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you know, music is like, we used to, remember when you were kids, you used to sit between the speakers and lose yourself in it? Yep, look at the album covers, open up the vinyl. Where they're magically making this music and and all that, that's gone. Everything's just like, it's like plastic. I hope it's not gone because you guys are still killing it. And and I still, and and I still. We're trying to keep it alive. I mean, in our own way. Yeah. in There's my, great music out there. Yeah. I'm not saying that. In I'm my opinion, saying. it's not gone at all. It's just, you know, you have to dig a little deeper to find some of those things that that, that are like what we do. Absolutely. Like the album was, you know, performed by a band. You know, every every song you hear is basically a whole take. It's a performance. So, yeah. you know, those kinds of records are not as common anymore, but they're still, they're out there. They're know? out there. There's a lot of great young musicians. I'm not, I'm not bagging on anybody. I'm just saying like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I enjoyed, again, I love the album experience. So I enjoyed listening to these two records from start to finish. I didn't, um, I didn't jump around to tracks. I started at track one and went the whole way through on both of these. And they're, 
they're great. That's the way I like to listen to music still, but I'm, I'm older. I'm old school too. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tended to be listened to that way. Right. Now, Steve, you... Go ahead. Steve, you you do a couple of covers where you're paying tribute, I would imagine, to some of your favorite guitarists. You do a Joe Walsh song called Welcome to the Club. of size by Robin Trower. Why those two specific songs? Well, Joe's a hero, a friend of mine. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, Joe's not just, not only his guitar playing, but his songwriting, his production, the way he made records. From the early days of the James Gang, your album from 1969, to, you know, through his Barnstorm years, through the solo years, the Eagles years, his playing, he's just hit my heart, man. He just hits my heart. And now he's a friend, and I love him dearly. And uh, I want to pay an homage. And he's not, and Robin Trower doesn't get enough love. No, Robin Trower does not get no, enough love. You know, he doesn't get enough love, and, and he should. And he's a sweet man. I love the song. And it allowed me to do my inner Robin, Jimmy. You know, it allows you to go dabble in areas that it, it's just a wonderful song to be able to stretch out as a guitar player and I wasn't trying to do anybody. I was just trying to be influenced by 
what was happening in the room at the time. And then and with the great players, like you said, like Joe says, you just get guys in a room and they play and listen and you get inspired. Mm-hmm. And then the other cover you do is Traffic's The Low Spark of High Heeled Boys. And your, uh, your version is, it's tremendous. I, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I love Steve Winwood. I was—I wish I had his voice. Yeah, you're my God, it. Steve Winwood, one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I mean, I, I never, one of the few guys I never got a chance to work with. Man, he's still uh, with us. He's still here. Oh, he doesn't need me. He plays guitar and keyboard and sings like that. What does he need me for? Look, <laughs> he's a one-man band. I'm a huge fan. I met him once, and I'm a fanboy out. I was like, oh, it's me. I love that you have like eight thousand studio credits, but but not one with Steve Winwood yet. You still you're still looking for these guys to play with. I, that's that's exciting. Been, yeah, I just always just wanted to maybe play in a band, play behind him or something. You know, you know, I'm not worthy. <laughs> Let me tell the uh, the titles of these albums, Steve. Your album is uh, "I Found the Sun Again." I was Tell me about that title. I fell in love, man. And, and believe it or not, I found a woman that uh, un- couldn't handle me. No. Uh, or, and untamed me, I should say. And I fell in love again. And then uh, everything changed. And then it was right before the lockdown. And I was able to... She inspired the whole record, really. I mean, she inspired me to, to do it. And I got great help from Joe and from Stan Lynch and from... Jeff Babco and Paige and uh, you know people that I stretch out with and, and write with. So and everybody came to the party knowing where I was at and where I was going, and that's I found an inspiration. Gotcha. You know what I mean? That's I found and having this time off to be home and reflect. 
Now, are you guys now there, there are some good things about being home for this long. This is probably the most time you guys have spent with your families at any for a long time because of the touring. Oh yeah, that's very true. And that's, and listen, that's a, that's a, that's a uh, weird benefit. Yeah. You know, but that's true. We, we've, for us, people who tour, you know, not most at this time of year or, you know, in a, in a few weeks or whatever, we would normally be gone and right. gone for, for huge portions of the year. So yeah, especially for me, because I was able to be here during my daughter's whole pregnancy which was, which was, yeah. you know, very cool. And also, you know, since the baby has been born, I've been over there every day and, you know, like, you know, really bonded with this kid that might not have been possible if, if things, if yeah. things were normal. Yeah. I, I wish they were, but you know, yes, there are, there, there, there was the added benefit of getting some great family time in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, the title of your album is Denizen Tenant. Yep. I didn't even look up what that might mean because I wanted I wanted to hear it from you. Well, for, first of all, it's, it's a it's a redundancy. Both words basically mean the same thing. Okay. In slightly different ways. You you are we are a denis, denizens of the of the United States. We are occupants of the United States, and we are also tenants of our houses and where we and where we live. And so, a, a denizen tenant is 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 like the guy that comes to your house and just makes himself at home and eventually you got to go dude it's time to split that's that's a denizen tenant and if you listen to the lyric it's kind of it's 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 a very very tongue-in-cheek and and uh uh, witty you know the guy i wrote it with wrote those words and he's got this very acerbic kind of wit and it's it's a it's a breakup song basically it's 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 a horrible roommate situation gotcha so that's that's the that's the meaning. And the, my other favorite meaning that I saw in a dictionary for the word denizen is a cat that wanders in from the alley or whatever into your house and makes it its home. That's a den, you know, a denizen is the, a cat like that. So I dug that analogy. So I'm kind of fun. You know, I dig all cats like that, man. <laughs> I'm I'm finding I'm finding ways to hook these albums together again. Uh, Steve, uh, his is written uh, by a, a roommate, a new roommate that he loves, and your album title is about a bad roommate situation. Exactly. Yeah. All right. A bad roommate situation of another guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> not yeah, I, not, I, not a love interest for you guys. I got yeah. it. We've been plotting this since we were kids. We had it all written down. Exactly. Uh, Ouija board no, and my, stuff like my that. My roommate yeah. is a cat. <laughs> Steve, on your album, I guess if there's a single, I guess it would be Run To Me. Everything at all 
Well, that was written for Ringo's birthday, his 80th okay. birthday. And that features Ringo I, and I, Joseph. Yeah, well, Joseph co-wrote it with David Page, myself and Joe wrote it for Ringo's 80th birthday. Okay. We have a video thing for his birthday. He, he dug the tune, he wanted to play on it, so we filmed him doing it, and it was supposed to be for his birthday party, but it didn't get shown properly. Right. So. so it's out there now on YouTube. I said, was it okay if I put it on my record? He's like, yeah, yeah, I love the song. And um, and he was in the video, and we filmed it, and we put it together, and it was a fun little summer thing. It was out in July. It's not like the rest of the record. It's, it's not. It's like, it shows a side of me that we love, the side of us that we love, mm -hmm. the Beatles. And it was written specifically to hit that 60s Beatley, Tom Petty-ish, gotcha. yellow, Def Lynn thing, you know. And just as a as a nod and a wink and a, and a we love you, you know. Yeah, of the 20 total songs on these two albums, that's the most poppy, if I could say that. It was meant to be. Yeah. And it's, it it's fun. It's just fun. Yeah. I just added on it. It's just another, uh, you know, Swiss Army knife. I am. I it's just it's another tool in the Swiss Army knife. Right. That's a good analogy for Toto. Just, yeah. Toto is a Swiss Army. Knife. It's a Swiss Army knife, man. What do you need? We got it. With Twenty so, different blades. Yeah, yes, yeah, you can see. You can, I think you can use the sun to start a fire. <laughs> that is true. With with Toto, you get you get like a hit song, and then you think you might think or people not in the know might think, oh, the whole album's going to be like that. But then you get you get everything with Toto. Everything. I'm always... Uh, you know, we just want to stretch out, man. They, you know, they gave the keys to the Ferrari to a bunch of teenagers and said, go ahead. And here's all the money. Yeah. Go, go do what you want to do. And that's what we did. For better or worse... Great. I mean, I don't think it would happen today. Yeah. You know, it's a freakish thing. You know? For better or for worse, I believe Toto, it might be one of the most misunderstood bands. And the, and the only reason they're misunderstood is because people have somehow don't think that 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 trained musicians in a in a rock band format can be artists. Right. That's that's the thing. That's the thing. And and that's just not fucking true. It just so happens that some of the best songwriters and some of the best players, you know, and 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 sounding singers and stuff, you know, for the, in that band happen to be trained musicians who whose backgrounds are in studio work yeah that somehow pisses people off it's like you know guys like that shouldn't have a band with a hit song you know what i mean that's, yeah like that's, we don't deserve it or, or or they gave it to us because of it or that or it's just you're not an artist you guys are just a you know a bunch of music that's why all the songs sound different from yeah each. they they actually think that we everything that we play it on everybody's records is written out note for note like all we did was read the notes and that's not true. No, you guys like, worked it out in the studio campuses with chord changes on it. And so we came up with all these little hooky parts on the spot every day, every fucking three hours. But that, that's why I think, you know, history will be kinder to Toto than, than, than critics were in the early days of Toto, because, you know, in, in the, at the end of the day, it's it, like Luke said, it's a, it's about the music. Toto is really about the music. And, and other than that, it's about virtuoso musicians and, 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 and great singers. You know what I mean? That's, that's what it is, which is why, of course, the first band, the first setup of the band will always be the, the band when they started. But as people, People have passed away and can't tour anymore and stuff. Other musicians that are friends of ours who yeah, are equally—it's a family. It's who just the family got bigger and bigger and bigger. Guys were equally as talented and work in the studio and all of that stuff. Those are the guys who come and play in this band, and right. that's the Swiss Army knife factor. 
So it's it's about this this virtuoso musicianship more than it is about like a a cast that you see every bloody single time just singing the hits over and over again and nothing else. Right. You know. And, and, and now and, with our solo stuff, we can spice it up with the solo stuff. You know? Absolutely. That's why we decided to do another version of it, and there's already been 15 versions, like we said before. So, and, and I think that people, people, you know, once once we're all dead and gone, people will look back and appreciate because of the of the body of work, the the musicianship over the over the fact that we weren't the typical artists. We never yeah. cared about our. If anybody needed a stylist and a look and a whole thing, <laughs> we did. But see, we thought because the music of the seventies, if you looked good, that was a plus, but it didn't matter. Right. I love Mountain. They weren't the prettiest band in the world, but they were a fucking great band. Yeah. You know, God bless Leslie West. You know. Uh, you know, and all Felix Papillardi and all the rest of them, you know, it's just, but it just, the rules change, you know, yeah. with Beatles, everything that happened, just the way we grew up and everything. Well, we thought, and then Steely Dan became our favorite band because Jeff Picaro was playing Steely Dan when we were in high school. One and, thing that's always funny to me, if you look at the album covers, pictures of the band Toto, you yeah. know, over the years, like from the first album on and stuff, what, what is clear that you could see over the years is that there's that money was made so that, so that better clothes could be purchased. <laughs> <laughs> For those pictures. <laughs> As the years go on, you know, the first couple of pictures look very schlubby. And yeah, and, there's, and there was a lot of years I tried way too hard. I was trying way we too hard. Did. You know, <laughs> the fucking hair was the hair was hair gigantic. Is like, this is what it looks like. Yeah, I paint the fucking hair. Yes, I do. But I mean, the, the hair is real. Look, you still got the hair. That's all that matters. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, people think I tease my hair. I wear a wig or something like that. That's you how know, your hair is. I I, look at me. Do you think I care what I look like at this point? <laughs> Let the music do the talking. Yeah. All right. I want to ask Joseph about this song called The Dream. Tell me about this song. I love this song. I was trying to figure out some of the lyrics felt like they could have been written during, uh, I got to pull them up. Could have been written during the COVID lockdown. There's a lyric about wearing a mask and, but maybe that's a, maybe that's a mask that you hide behind. No, no, no. The song, the song was, it was the last song I wrote for the album. Okay. And, it was, and I wrote it and produced it and recorded it like in the last month of, of the production of the entire project. Okay. And and, it, and that's exactly what it was. It was just a fresh song about how I was feeling about every fucking thing that was going on. 
and in, in in you know that's that's what the lyric is and it's it just it talks about like remember when we were kids remember when they told us we were gonna yeah. fly in cars and everything and now you know technology they what what have we used it for we've used it for phones and so, you know what yeah. i mean yeah. personal items for for ourselves as opposed to things that could have enriched the, the society that kind of stuff that's the message in there but in a, they're trying to do it in a humorous way you did because it didn't uh it didn't feel preachy. It didn't feel like you're trying to hit me over the head with something, with a message. It just kind of flows. And I really had to pull out the lyric sheet and, and you know, really get into it and, and try to figure out what you were exactly trying to tell me. So that's definitely I wanted to hear from you. Nailed it. I mean, you, that's what, I think what you thought it might be about was exactly right. Okay, cool, cool. Um, and then another cover on your album, you do a Beatles cover with Steve. If I fell in love with you, would you promise to be true and help me understand? Cause I've been in love before and I found that love was more than just holding hands. If I So I mean, how do you tackle a Beatles cover and and try to make it fresh? Well, I that by by do by just not doing that exactly, just not that. I don't think about oh my god, I'm going to do a Beatles song and how am I going to make it fresh and different? That's not how my mind works. I was literally taking a break and I was li listening to one of my favorite Beatles songs and turned around over to the computer in the keyboard, the keyboard is and started putting down like my version of it if I were do doing it on the on the keyboard. And then I got to a point where I had a little rhythm going and, and then my my studio set up for vocals. So I just literally turned around and started banging out a bunch of vocals on it just for fun. Yeah. Then I got, got to a point where I thought this could be fucking cool. Put Lenny on it. It'll be really, really cool. And then I thought get Luke to be John and, you know, the dude sing the John part right. of the, the two you know, Beatles. And, and it might be a cool thing. That's literally how it happened. And when you say Lenny, that's Lenny Castro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and and the choice was instead of like the, the Beatle record, which is Ringo actually playing the kit, mm -hmm. it's a percussion version. Yeah, it's very cool. And uh, I, I do like your voices together. They're, they really are, uh, you know, well, we playing, simpatico. We've been brothers since we were teenagers, man. You know, I mean, this, you know, we've been through the roller coaster ride of life and careers together. But in this last year, we've really solidified our brothership. In a big way. Another, yeah. another, you know, uh, unforeseen benefit of having to, you know, be cloistered up like this because of the virus. We we were able to get a lot of really great work done. Yeah, yeah. You guys are used to being on top of each other, though. At touring, right? Are you guys in the same tour bus still when you guys tour? How's it work with Toto? It, that's exactly how it works, and and his bunk is usually right across the little hallway from mine. He's <laughs> very well acquainted with the smell of my farts. <laughs> <laughs> uh you don't disappoint steve lukather okay so uh 
I wasn't making a joke. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> when, go ahead, Joe. I was just going to say there's truth in it, but after <laughs> you're in a submarine, man. What can I tell you? Yeah. So when, when did you guys meet? How old were you and, and where and when? Do you guys remember? I don't remember the exact oh, place and stuff, but I, I, I think my, my, to my memory, I met you at your school. Uh, uh, seeing you guys play. Oh, at Grand yeah, High School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Because at that time I was going Mark. to I was going to a school called Oakwood. Oh, and, yeah. And, and my sister and brother had a band because they were in the older grades, and my sister was the singer, and they did like you know Linda Ronstadt stuff and and Eagles and all that kind of stuff. And my sister got sick, and the only person that could replace her was me okay i was only about 14 14 years old so i used to sing in that band doing the, the doing singing linda ronstadt songs and stuff for my sister and so we used to go and check out other bands like around town because we would play high schools gotcha and that i remember going to grant and seeing you play there and i also i think you played at oakwood too. yeah we i played at yeah. Oakwood too, yeah. so that you know so i was about 14 we just we, we yeah we i was in a band with his brother mark and mike landau and john pierce when we were kids, John Pierce was my first friend in life. Our parents were like, our moms were pregnant at the same time. And, and Mike, now he's joined Total now. You know, so. And Mike Landau plays on uh, Joe's album. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like he said, they he Landau. I've known Mike since I was 12. You know? and, and, and so have we. That's the weird yeah. thing is that our family and Mike's Mike and his mom, we've known them since he was that age too, when he was like a real little kid. And, and so one of my bands that I had when I was about 17, 18 years old was a band with my brother on drums and Landau playing guitar. And it was, I called it Joe Air. And um, so he's always sort of been a part of the fabric. He's always the part of the family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've all been working together as session players, traded gigs, worked on the same, you know. The original idea for my album was that I was going to make a Joe Air album. I was going to make an album of like, you know, that exact band. Gotcha. You know I mean, but uh, it just it morphed into what the, what the album is. But that's that's why Mike's present is so, presence is so prevalent because he was he was instrumental in developing a bunch of these tunes too. A, lo a lot of his parts, you know, like uh, you know, helped me to finish some of these things. That's how you know, both these guys are like that. Well, uh, Mike, they, they write their own parts. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, right. Well, Mike is one of the greatest guitar players in the world ever, of all time. I mean, I grew up with him. I know how what he's capable of. He's just constantly amazing i mean it was always me he was a great kick in the ass i mean it was healthy competition we were best friends yeah so what never got out we always played together mm -hmm. we were like the dueling guitar guys mm -hmm. like we used to do a ma vishnu bit where we're like we played each other's i don't know how we did this where we stood i we played in octaves but i played put my hand on the low octave and picked his guitar you know we just did this weird thing where we were playing all this shit like, like one person Two bodies and blew people's minds, and it was really pretty funny. So it looked ridiculous, but we did it anyway. You know, the more I but talk, I the more I talk with guitarists, it it always seems like there wasn't. It's not a competition. It was more like you guys would learn from each other. Oh, Steve does this. How's he do that? Or you know, Mike does that. Well, how how could I try Mike, to do that? Is that Mike, is that how it was? I, you know, man, it was all kinds of ways. Okay. Upside down, every way. Mike has huge ears. He's always been able to. You know, he was. They both do. That's the that's the thing that 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 separates 
Luke and Mike Landau from from other people. In my opinion, is that they are they they also with their instruments are incredible arrangers. You know what I mean? You can you get I get them in the studio. The reason I like to work with both of them is because I can play them a verse idea for a song, and they will immediately come up with a part on the guitar that's that I didn't think of that accompanies yeah. and makes the groove much much better. That's that's arrangement work. It's not just like being a guitar player. And that, those two, you know, Mike and, and Luke are the best at that. And as a studio musician, you are doing a lot more arranging work than uh, people might realize, correct? Well, making records, yes. Yeah. If you're doing television and film, it's all written out. Yeah. Note for note. But if you're not... But, well, I mean, for example, all of the early the records, the, 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 the uh, Michael Jackson stuff that he, yeah. Luke played, all that stuff, he's writing the parts. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Quincy didn't write my part for Human Nature. I did. You know, he said, you got to make this funky for me, man. I got to get this, you know, it's too poppy. So I, was, I came up with that part on the spot. So, done. so why, why don't you guys get songwriting credits when you well, come by up? By today's standards, you would. But, but back then, you know, it was arguably arrangement, you know, yeah. so I got an arrangement credit on that song. So then Quincy was nice enough to give me that, you know. But yeah, it always feel I always feel like you guys are doing more heavy lifting than you get, you know, well, written credit yes. for. Yes, that's well, absolutely true. Here's part of it is that also the culture has changed in music and the way songwriters work and think of who's, yeah, a, that's who's true. a writer on this and who's a writer on that. In the old days, a song a song is made up of two elements. It's made up of the, the music melody, basically, mm -hmm. and the words, if you're talking about a popular song, those two things. Whatever comes in in the production, you know what I mean, even if it's, even if it's ideas from some of the other musicians, at least in the old days, is considered part of the arrangement. Right. right you know what i'm saying and not part of the right that's why we didn't get paid for all those hooky parts we came up with on all the songs exactly yeah. but back then you were happy to be on those records and happy to get paid your session fee because yeah. you made it they people were calling you up some of the greatest times of my life yeah. you it, me? it's also you know his job i mean we were yeah. studio musicians yeah so that you, was you, my job you get a call it's like okay you gotta work but, you know, I got to work with some of the greatest artists in the world, the geniuses. I mean, I was in the room of geniuses. I mean, so, I mean, that's humbling. It doesn't, um, if, and it doesn't feel like work, probably. I mean, it is, but yeah, it there's is. so much Listen, fun. I hate, to, I hate to cut you short, man. We got another interview we got to do. All right, let's wrap it up real quick. Let me, uh, let me promote for you guys. I'm sorry. No, it's cool. I enjoy talking to you guys. I could do it all day. So, first of all, on Twitter, you are at Steve Lukather. And Joe, you are at Dash L Row, R O W Dash L Row, D A S H L R O W. Go to TotoOfficial.com for everything about upcoming tours. Uh, what is it called? What are you guys uh, billing it? The Dogs of Oz? Is that what it is? Dog, yeah, Toto, you know, see, look at the Joseph Williams. Yeah. Toto, the Dogs of Oz tour. I mean, the Dogs of Oz are, are the two of us because we're the last dogs. We're right. The last yeah. dogs yeah. left. Standing there drooling. But, uh, but the, <laughs> it's, it's Toto. Foaming. And it's, it's Toto and it's the Dogs of Oz tour. All right. And these albums are coming out on February 26th through the Players Club slash mascot label group. You can pre-order them everywhere. We got I Found the Sun Again by Steve Lukather, and we got Dennis and Tennant by Joseph Williams. And these albums are both 50 minutes and 18 seconds long. Both yes. of them. <laughs> That's really Don't interesting. forget it. You guys go check that out. Thanks so right, much, folks. guys. Thanks. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks Bye -bye, so man. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Joseph Williams and Steve Lukather from Toto. Don't forget to go buy their brand new albums. 
Steve Lukather, I Found the Sun Again, and Joseph Williams, Denizen Tenant. Both of these are coming out on February 26th, and they're on vinyl, they're on CD, so go search those out and purchase them. Uh, also, follow us here at Rock Solid Show on Twitter, and go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. Now, as a playout song, I really can't choose a song from Joe's album or a song from Steve's album because I can't play favorites. So what I'm going to do is the playout song today is going to be from the last Toto album called Old is New. It came out in 2019, and the song is called Devil's Tower. So thanks again to Steve and Joe, and here's Devil's Tower. <laughs> 